Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! It's showtime. 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 It's showtime. Showtime! And now, here is your host, Warwick Merry. Welcome to the Get More Success Show. Today I am thrilled, stoked, chuffed and a wee bit delighted to have with me the lovely Troy and Zara from Humor Australia. Welcome to the show. Yay! Hello there. I would be the Troy part. And I would be the Zara bit. Now, you can tell they're professionals straight away because of their, <laughs> the whole the interaction. Now, it's, is it true to say that you guys were actually radio celebrities in Perth for quite some time? Or celebrities might be overstating it just a little bit. But, yes, we did do uh, breakfast radio in Queensland and for four years in Perth. Yes, so five years in total, Warwick, but you do get very sick of getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning five days a week. (laughs) I could well imagine. So are you big enough to sell a celebrity to qualify, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here? Oh, no, definitely not, no. Yeah, and that's saying something because yeah. you don't have to be a celebrity at all to be on that show. <laughs> that's right. Oh, fantastic. Now, look, as the listeners know here on this show, we're all focused about success. So I'm going to kick off with the question that I always ask everybody, and that is how do you guys define success? Oh, do you know, I think for me it's two things. Uh, it's freedom. So it's the, the freedom to be able to make your own choices and to leave some space in your life for the things that matter to you. But I also believe it's the ability to make a positive difference in your life and the lives of the people around you. And I think all of us, you know, you can forget the fact that you are actually having an influence on the lives of people around you. You you mentioned radio. That was something like 12 years ago now, was it? Mm, Yeah, forever ago. Yeah, very long. Another lifetime. A long time ago. But there's barely a day that goes by where someone doesn't write to us or call us or, you know, we run into them on the street and they say, you know what, you you really helped me at a critical time in my life. And I think we all forget that we're actually... guiding the people around us all the time. And having a positive influence on them, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. And I I think for me, Warwick, you know, what it really boils down to, I think if you're successful, you're happy. You know, you're happy and content in yourself. And that that means different things to different people. And I totally appreciate that, that, um, you know, happiness is very different for all of us. But that's what I'm seeking and that's what I would class as success. Yeah, cool. So would you consider yourself both a success? No. (laughs) <laughs> Zara, I don't think Zara ever would. Interestingly, I reckon we've been a success in probably, you know, nearly half a dozen careers in, in our lifetimes uh, and we're probably working on the one we're in currently. No, I, I have a very um, critical mind, you know, so I have to be disciplined in the way that I speak about myself uh, and my achievements and I think that You can be, it's a real danger to be a perfectionist and I'm not sure that I am but I think that when we hold ourselves to a high regard and we want to really do the best job we can, it's really easy to get down on ourselves as well. Mm. Um, So I have to just keep reminding, I mean I've just gotten off a coaching call so I've spent two hours with one of my clients. It would be something that I wouldn't think twice about because it's just what I do every day but for two hours I gave that person everything I have to Mm. help them to really you know, achieve greatness in their lives. So I think we've got to celebrate the little things um, and 
and be gentle on ourselves. Mm. Now, now, Zerafina, uh, Zerafina, Zara, I just, I knew it was a Z name. I knew I'd get there eventually. Um, <laughs> Zara, you, you've done a bit of study around positive psychology, in fact, quite a bit, haven't you? Mm, yeah, indeed. Well, actually, you mentioned radio. So when we were on radio, we were number one in our field. We were earning a lot of money. Ridiculous amounts of money. <laughs> a lot of money. And we were really, really miserable. And we were miserable for several reasons. It was a very toxic environment that we were working in. Um, and we didn't have a lot of the skills to cope. Mm. And so we started to lose our sense of humour and uh, we, we began doing a little bit of research at the time because I thought, oh, my goodness, we're people that have worked in the comedy industry all of our lives. We ran our own comedy club in Queensland for 11 years. Um, how can you possibly lose your sense of humour? And then we started looking around and I thought, well, if I can lose it, then how are other people coping, people in really serious jobs or people struggling? And I realised that a lot of people aren't coping. Mm. Uh, and so that's what really created Humour Australia, our business, and why we now work with people in organisations uh, to help them keep their sense of humour, which means that they're more resilient, more creative. And, you know, I often say that your sense of humour is the one thing that you can enjoy, that you can hold on to until your dying breath. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and humour's always been important to us. I mean, it was in our wedding vows unintentionally, yeah, in a was. non-scripted ad lib it in was. our wedding vows. Uh, from Zara, where she stumbled over something and then added in humour. Yeah, it was something around commitment I had a problem with and then I, <laughs> <laughs> I added in humour to our vows. So you're quite right, Troy. It's very important to us. And we, you know, we spend 24 hours a day together. We work together, we play together. Because that's the thing, like you guys have been married for for some time. You're quite young, so you got married very young. But you, you live together, work together. Um, if you're not together 24 hours a day, it's very, very close, isn't it? So... There's not many people I know who could do that. So, what are the secrets of being able to spend so much time together as life partners, work partners, and creativity partners? Mm, well, I'm very easy to be around, <laughs> <laughs> and also a comedian. <laughs> uh, for us, we're just really lucky. We we love each other's company. We're best friends. Uh, we're fairly aligned in our thinking. We still have our moments. But we, we are very honest with each other. We uh, hash things out when they need to be hashed out. But it's always, well, we endeavour for it to always be in a respectful way. And yeah. realistically, in 24 years, you know, I, I can count on one hand the amount of real fights we've had. Mm. In fact, I'd say it's very three fitting. times maybe and then for no longer than 30 minutes. Mm. Yeah. And, and Zara, you would have been right anyway, weren't you? Always, always. Yeah, I've had a couple of wives. I know how it, I know how it works. <laughs> you might have a couple more to go. Yeah, you never know. You're luck in a big city. Um, and so, uh, with because you are performers essentially. Like um, for those of you who, who might not be aware, uh, Zara has done. Is it two TEDx talks now? It is. Yeah. Um, yep. Both two one was the nominee. epidemic of seriousness, and one was the lighter side of death. Uh, <laughs> And which, you know, of course, there's a lighter side of death. Surprisingly, that one's got very few hits. Yeah, right. apparently um, death isn't popular. De death's <laughs> not sexy death. like it used to be. No. Bring no. back the plague, I say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, you've you've talked about that. And I just want to tap into the, the, the epidemic of seriousness in the work that you do. Like, as we first met, I did uh, one of your uh, Stand Up For Yourself courses. So can you tell me a bit about the stand-up for yourself that you do 
And why is that so important? Mm. Yeah, well, we uh, we run a program internally for organisations called Stand Up for Yourself, where we help people to become more confident and charismatic speakers by learning the art of stand-up comedy. And at the end of that program, everyone gets up and performs a five-minute stand-up comedy routine in front of a live audience. And a couple of times we've run it, they've actually performed at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, which is kind of amazing. Fantastic. At the start of the program, 100% of the people there believe it's impossible for them to get up on stage and to... Um, deliver a funny stand-up about their own lives. And I should I should mention also that with these programs we run internally, no one knows what they're there for on day one. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah, we tend to generally get sign-off uh, from whoever's paying uh, to go in with a, a very different style of communication program and then we announce exactly what they'll be doing on day one and everyone pretty much says, there's no way I'm doing that. Does yeah. anyone leave? Like, does anyone go, nah, and I'm, I'm out of here? Actually, know- since we first did this in 1999 yep. and uh, we have a 100% success rate to date, touch wood. Well, I'm just going to... Question you on that, Troy? Oh, we lost one. <laughs> we lost one in the very first year, actually, in '99, and it was probably the funniest guy in the class. Yeah, wow. yeah, that's right. So it had uh, too high a standard on himself mm, right. to, to want to be the best, and so wasn't able to get it over the line. But everyone else has competed or, or completed the program, and it's not about creating more stand-up comedians. It's about God knows we don't need any more of them. Yeah, that's right. It's about getting people to do something they don't think they have in them to do. Yeah. Um, and then excelling at it. And it's just such a beautiful experience to watch people throw off years of debilitating fears about mm-hmm. their own abilities yep. and to go, oh, my goodness, I'm getting laughs. Yeah. Yep. It's all the thrill of a skydive without, you know, hopefully the potential of death. With, <laughs> without the plummeting. But five minutes is actually an incredibly long period of time, isn't it? <laughs> it is when it's going badly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's great about that program is that the moment when you when you stand back and watch it, um, and, w- and we've always been really gratified doing this program. It's it's some of the best work I think I've ever done in my life, and you'd probably say mm, the same thing, mm. Zara. But you know, when you see people get up, especially people who are fairly nervous and who have worked very very hard to get themselves to stage, when they get up and they get a laugh, you just see this glimmer in the eye that is amazing. And you, can, you just, if you could bottle it, you'd be a multi millionaire. And then you can't get them off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that, that's the thing. Like when they come off stage, they must be floating. Oh, yeah. They are on a high. In fact, one of the programs, one of the programs we ran for uh, uh, the Optus team, we actually flicked on the camera at the end of the, the the night that they performed, and you know it really was like they had done something extraordinary. Yeah, an yeah. extreme sport. Yeah, an extreme sport. Well, they, they have. They yeah, have. Yeah, they yeah. were euphoric. Mm. And and that is that. Um, we that that voice and you mentioned it before, Zara, about that we are our own worst critics. Like we are horribly hard on ourselves, aren't we? Yeah, well we have um you know, they say with most human beings we have two major fears, the fear that we're not good enough and the fear that we won't have enough. And it's those two fears that drive every decision we make or don't make mm. in our lives. You Knowingly know? or otherwise. Yeah, and we mm. have to be logical against that little voice that's often berating us in our lives and we have to reframe, you know, some of that rhetoric to actually um, remind ourselves that we're, we're kind of wonderful people <laughs> and that we're capable of anything we put our minds to. And I was just having this conversation with one of our clients this morning that when you look at successful people and let's say unsuccessful people, whatever that means, mm. 
Um, the only difference really with the successful ones is that they hit obstacle after obstacle, but they kept taking steps towards their goals. Right. And, and the opposite is true of those that maybe haven't been able to achieve their goals is that they hit an obstacle um, and gave up. You know, yeah. too hard, don't have it in me. Um, I knew I shouldn't have uh, tried this in the first place. We, Hollywood, we love films and the amount of stories from successful films where the producers or the performers had to try and sell it over 70 times, which means they got 70 rejections um, before someone said, yep, let's make it, and then all of a sudden we've got Rocky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've got extraordinary Mm -hmm. films. So Yeah, yeah, and the same can be said of television. You know, no one really knows what you are capable of, and that's very hard to remember at times when you are having yourself, but you are capable of a lot, and if no one's done it before, you could always be the first. And, you know, if you look at television especially, there's been a long history of that show will never work from supposed experts. Mm, yeah, talk yeah. about shows like MASH, worldwide hit. Oh. Simpsons can when it first came out. Yeah. Worldwide hit for 24 years now. You know, these are no one knows what you're capable of except you. And unfortunately, you do have to be a little bit tenacious and a little bit deaf and blind when it comes to mm. driving your own success yeah. because people there will always be people who say you can't do it. Yeah. Right. And so that, that leads to the next question because, you know, I've, I've heard and you've sort of confirmed more for me, sometimes the biggest barrier is the one that's between our ears. Yeah. So how do you maintain that persistence? How do you address that negative talk or that negative self-belief so that you keep on going against the insurmountable odds or the how do you get past the 65th no to get to the yes that might be at 75? Well, Warwick, when you figure it out, can you tell us? <laughs> <laughs> so if your clients ask you how do I keep going, what do you tell them? Is it is it surrounding yourself with people who believe in you? Is it going to the right people for advice? Is it having the right people on your team? What sort of things help maybe they don't solve it but help to make that that to to lower the volume of the negative self-talk and increase that that positive self-reinforcement well i think it comes back to and this is what's referenced in positive psychology as well an element of mental flexibility so whatever you can do to increase and challenge uh, the way you think about yourself the way you think about your world the way you think about others is a great thing. The Stand Up For Yourself program is a great thing because it pushes people outside of their comfort zone uh, for many who are non-performers and who may never perform again. But they've had that experience in their life. It's shown them that they're capable of more. And I think same can be said of improvisation. If you have studied any improvisation, even if you never intend to perform with it, it's a great thing. It develops mental flexibility. I think that can help with positive psychology because it helps you to be, when you feel like you've hit a wall, to be able to change direction, to pivot, and go, you know what, I'm just going to step back for a second or I need a breather or I can reframe or someone else can help. Yeah, well, that's it. And sometimes when we set a goal for ourselves, we think it's going to be a very clear process. I'm at A, I want to get to B, I've got my plan, I know how long it's going to take, it's a straight line. That's a me. very organised person, by the way, that's neither of us. <laughs> that's, that's right. If we, if we had to look at it graphically, it's a straight line. Mm. The reality is that achieving any goal of worth is never a straight line. In fact, you know, you'll you'll take two steps forward, one step back, three mm-hmm. steps sideways, two steps back, four steps forward, and it, it becomes the scenic route. So graphically, it would be a big squiggly line. Yes. Still achieving your goal at the end. And sometimes if we allow ourselves to go off path um, but still believe in what we're doing, we can achieve it a lot 
faster than yeah. we think we we originally could. That's very true. If you do have, again, it comes back to flexibility, right? If you mm. do have that flexibility, you can acknowledge, yes, I am off track from my original plan. But then that's when you are introduced to the person who can shortcut you to mm. the end or mm. who can give you that great connection that will really help. Mm. So I think, yes, a loose plan is a good thing. I think uh, uh, some idea of the end destination is always good because that's productive and it, it gives us a rudder to steer life by. But be prepared to ebb and flow and to move because sometimes the genius or the new discovery is just off where you thought you were going. And it's, it's two things. It's self-belief and action, self-belief, action, self-belief, action. You know, yes. So you can take small steps forward on a daily basis. But then the, the belief factor is, is really, really important. For someone like me who has always been challenged um, by a lot of negative thinking and, and a lack of self-acceptance, Mm-hmm. You know, self-esteem. I use tools to remind me how awesome I am, and I'm sure you've heard this one before. But it's a, a very simple technique that has a, a sort of a science basis to it. Now they've researched it, but the simple act of gratitude. Um, so, of thinking of three things as soon as you wake up that you're grateful for, that you're looking forward to that day, and three things at night before you go to sleep that you experienced during that day that you're grateful for. But the trick is you don't just think of them. You have to relive them. Mm. You have to feel the gratitude and appreciation for what you've done. So this morning, you know, we both signed up to a Pilates class yesterday and we actually showed up and went to it this morning. That's a miracle. That's fantastic. So that will be one of the things on my list tonight. And what I'm doing there is I'm building a habit of success. Yeah, from the small things, right? And 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 I, I love the gratitude exercise too. Because and you're quite right, you do have to feel it. It can be very very simple. You know, we we are really lucky in this country to have hot water and clean water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those things are just so simple. We take them for granted every day. But if you genuinely think about that and generally try to emote to actually feel those feelings, um, that's what's really good for you. It's that change in the electrochemical system, the brain, and emotions are electrochemical process. So if you can practice manipulating those for your benefit more and more the better you get at it yeah okay hey now one of the things because when we first started we talked about success and i said you know how do you define a success and you were just like well not sure we're there but let me just run through a few things that i know that you've achieved so you've had your own comedy club in queensland for about 12 years you've had five years on radio uh, you've had you've created a TV series written produced called the Super Nuffs, which uh, is my understanding is you've got some worldwide sales of that. Um, Zara's been on Neighbours, and that's a success by any measure. Um, you've both you know you've both got IMDb pages like that is that is awesome. You run stand up for yourself trainings for for corporates. You run humorous day. You you travel the world uh, hosting different events for different clients. You, um, I think you're also brand ambassadors for possibly shirts, cars, and sunglasses and other fun stuff. You've been married for 25 years and working together and you still love each other. Like on so many levels, you would have to say that there is success in there. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. And sometimes we all need to be reminded, don't we? Mm. You know, it, it seems easier sometimes to see... Uh, success in others to see you know what we want to achieve ourselves but I think that's why the gratitude exercise is so important is that you are forced to really analyze your life and and the contribution that you're making and if you want to talk about making better choices too I think and this one's been really hard for me personally 
is you need to get out of the habit of resenting or bitching about others who have what you want. Yeah, so people right. that do have that success, what you need to practice and actually feel is I'm really happy for that person because if you take it away from them, you take it away from yourself and that's yeah. a really hard lesson to learn. Yeah, and the I'm fastest, still working on that one. The fastest trip to misery is comparing yourself to others. Absolutely. There's always going to be someone better, smarter, richer, you know, you've yeah. just got to find happiness. It's an inside job. I mean, if you look on our, uh, we're having this conversation on Skype at the moment, Warwick, and you'll see my little tagline on my Skype account is happiness is an inside job. Yeah. That's very true. And, and you've also now got the Facebook factor, and that is where a person's life on Facebook is typically way better than what it is in real life because, <laughs> you know, they can position it. Here am I glamorously doing this, you know, and, and some people get caught out because they're like, oh, my girlfriend always sneaks up and takes photos and you see the reflection and they're actually doing a selfie. <laughs> um, and so there is that in the, that comparing, competing, typically we're comparing our insides with other people's outsides and that's a comparison you will never win. No, you won't. Although there's something in that, isn't it? For how you present yourself to the world, you yeah. know, the stories that we, the stories that we share with others, and the stories we uh, tell ourselves, mm-hmm. tend to determine how happy and successful we'll be in life. So you can have, you know, a challenging day, and, and tell someone that you you failed and you're stuffed up and you're doomed and you never do what you say you're going to do and you can be tough, or you can reframe that. Um, and highlight all of the positives and all you know the journey that you've travelled so far and all that you are doing. So I think it, I think it's just being disciplined also in how you portray yourself to the world. You know, and and the discipline is probably the hardest part, especially yeah, yeah. if you're doing it on your own. I mean, for us, it was great because we hit this journey at the same time. We both came through what was probably clinical depression, coming out of radio and going, "What do we do now? Who are we? What you know? What, what's our company? Where do we go from here?" And then there was literally two years of doing nothing other than trying to recover and get into a better mental state. And part of that was the choice to say, well, we want to be happier. So we actually started looking at techniques and reading about this um, separately and together and then we have each other to help out with that, to remind, hey, you might be a bit off track or, hey, do you want to try this as, a, as an exercise? And we've got little um, little games or tools that we use. I, I mentioned the gratitude one. One that we use all the time um, is called Gimme Five and it works High great. five. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Let's give you five. But right. It works great in a partnership. So if someone in your partnership is, you know, being a little undisciplined, they're bitching, they're whinging, they're complaining, whatever, um, the other person says give me five. Mm. And so then you have to replace that negative comment with five powerful positives. So you might say, I just don't want to work with that woman. I find her really difficult. I don't want to work with that bloke. You know, he's, he's a pain in the bum and I don't feel good about it. Someone will say, you know what, give me five. And then you'll have to go, okay. This is a wonderful opportunity for me to learn something new about this person that I haven't been able to see before. That's why. You know what? Maybe I'm triggering this response in this person, so maybe there's a chance for me to adjust my thinking slightly to get a better result. That's true. I'm lucky that I have this work and that I'm still challenged by people like this, which means I've got more to learn. Sorry. Um, every day I'm growing, I'm getting better, and I am going to find something in this person that resonates with me, and I'm looking forward to that experience. Four. You know what? I'm alive. I'm vibrant. I'm grateful for this experience, and I can feel that things are getting better. 
Yeah, five. Now, there's a reason that you do five and there's a reason that it takes around 60 to 90 seconds. They say that if you want to rewire your thinking or rewire your neural pathways, it tends to take 90 seconds to get yourself away from a negative thinking mode into a more positive mode. And the more you do it, um, the more your neural pathways start to change and form in a new way mm. and you start looking for the good in people and things quite easily. Yeah. In fact, neuroplasticity is really something that in the last four years has been probably the biggest brain discovery and it, it's it's amazing because there's very few organs that we can mentally alter. You know, we can physically work on muscles and things like that, but the brain can be altered by pattern of thinking and with effort and discipline. And then we, we up it. So if you're having a really bad day, you might get told, give me 10. Mm -hmm. And right. if you say something that's truly catastrophic, that's just detrimental to your health and success or to somebody else's, mm. it can be give me 20. And what happens is you don't want to deliver the penance and so you start getting more disciplined about what you say. Yeah, oh, yeah. normally it takes about 48 hours if you're doing that full on, especially with a partner because really you do need someone to call you on it. Uh, it'll take 48 hours or so and then you'll go to say something and your mind actually stops you and you mm. go, look at me, I've learnt something, aren't I a smart monkey, have a banana. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what about... Um, uh, for, for individuals who, you know, in the world there are people who are, their default is to go to the negative. Their default is to say no before they even open their mind to think, well, possibly and all right, then yes. yes. So, you know, you two have got each other and so you'll do the give me five, 10, 20. What about for an individual whose partner may, you know, they're, they're, you know nothing about the world that they're in, so they're not as quite as relevant. How do you actually start that phrase of recognising that the negative comment or the negative self-talk or the negative reference to someone, something else, is not serving them. Mm. Oh, it's such a difficult one. I've got. I... It requires a certain amount of self-awareness, doesn't it? So I think for everyone, that journey, if they choose to go down that path, it happens at a certain point in life and often there's a trigger or something, you know, catastrophic that brings them to that decision. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes going where they are first before trying to, you know, nudge them in a more positive direction uh, will give you a better result. So I think about there's a particular family member that I have who I adore, but, you know, she's just very, very negative all the time. And if you try and count that with, yeah, but look at the other side of it, she will dig her heels in and she will <laughs> fight you to the death as yeah, to what sure. her life is lousy. And lots of people will do that. But oh. lots, Yeah, totally. It feels like the right thing to do, but mm. on... The occasion where I kind of allow her to, to be the misery guts that she is and I kind of commiserate with her a little bit and, and you know, almost sometimes agree, yeah, I know, sometimes life just sucks, you're so right, and I go there and then suddenly she starts to nudge herself mm. in a, in a uh, more positive direction. I guess it's, um, you know, it's pure physics really. You're talking about opposing forces and, you know, positive and negative poles and how they work together. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's time and place, I think, for everything and case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. Some people are determined to have a bad time and that's cool, yeah. but I don't want to be around them. Yeah, yeah, it is that they're not happy unless they're not happy. And mm. so it becomes that, all right, well, you know, I need to choose what influences I have on myself and you're not an influence I need. Yeah, 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 that's right, which is hard because sometimes they're family. Yeah. Yeah, and it can be very hard to remove yourself from a negative influence, but... Ultimately, I think it's beneficial. And here's the other thing. We've all got power in that. You know, as we, um, as we change the way we're looking at someone or something, 
the thing we're looking at tends to change. Yeah, yeah so, that's, again, pure science. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. you know, we can, if there's, I'm thinking of somebody else now in my life that also has a habit of just whingy, whingy, complain, complain. Mm-hmm. You know, and in fact, this person thinks that that's just talking. That's just how everyone talks, mm. you know, is to highlight every issue, problem and concern that you have. It's communication, really. Yeah, yeah. for this person it is communication yeah. and it really it drives me nuts, <laughs> you know. But if I go in with a more compassionate mindset and I look for the positive intention behind that negative behaviour, which is the NLP kind of approach, uh, suddenly I soften, I allow this person to be exactly who they are and, again, just by looking at it differently, it changes. Mm. Cool. Yeah, well, they could be having a nervous reaction, you know, and if you yeah. change your energy, it allows them the space to change theirs. Mm. Yeah, cool. All right, so as I said before, you guys have done some amazing stuff and on, on many levels, you know, it would have to be deemed a, a success. So what do you reckon, and, you know, the question I have for you is what are some of the three keys to your success, however people measure it? Um, so obviously you've talked about, you know, having a, doing a daily gratitude exercises and doing the give me five, 10, 20. Um, what are some other keys to your success, do you reckon? Oh, well, I'm, I'm really tenacious. So <laughs> More so than me. Yeah, Troy's pretty cruisy and I'm pretty tenacious. So there seems to be some kind of... Um, a nice balance there. Yeah, yeah. A bit of yin-yang. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes <laughs> I could back off and he could step up a little more, <laughs> just saying. Um, but... I, I definitely have a um, there's always a way kind of mentality. Yeah, and I think for us um, probably one of the things that's allowed us to have that diversity in career is the fact that we've tried a lot of things and we've developed a lot of skills. So for us, um, choosing careers wasn't necessarily a choice early on in life. It is now, but it wasn't early on. It was what can I do? <laughs> what yeah, can sure. I get paid for? So that got us into doing commercial radio voiceovers, for instance, when we were first together around the time of the comedy club. Um, the comedy club, originally we were both hired as uh, actors, singers, dancers, and it was Zara's brother who was the comedian who went, you guys have got to learn stand-up if you want to be in the show. So he pushed both of us to learn stand-up comedy. That became a career in itself, which led to the radio. So I think you've got to be open to opportunities and be pushing yourself. More than that, also, um, we take our jobs seriously but ourselves lightly wherever possible. So we counter that epidemic of over-seriousness by bringing a light touch to relationships and to meetings. I mean, the amount of meetings I've been invited into when you sit around a boardroom table and people don't even ask you how you are, how your day's been, you know, there's none of the human niceties. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you would have with anyone else anywhere else. That should lay the foundation of a really creative meeting. Um, people think that, okay, business is serious, you know, so we need to get into it and get into the agenda. So wherever possible and as gently as we can, we like to nudge people out of their serious suit. Yeah, out of their business mode. Yeah, get them connecting early on um, and having a little bit of fun. Uh, and then you get down to the point of business. So wherever possible we keep ourselves kind of light and we, we have a sense of humour about ourselves. And the last thing I'd say for number three is that we love helping people. Mm. So giving is its own reward and there's nothing... That's really the passion for us. Yeah, that gives us greater satisfaction than seeing someone else succeed. Which Ooh. means ultimately that we could do a number of careers, anything people-based, you know, because we have that passion for service. That's why we loved um, hospitality as well. Mm that passion for service um, then drives a whole bunch of options for you in life. Mm. Well, because you're running Humour Australia now, so just briefly tell us what sort of services do you offer within Humour Australia? Obviously, you've talked about 
doing internal stuff for stand up for yourself. You've mentioned that you do coaching and mentoring. Um, you, I know that you do hosting of different events. What other services do you offer your, your target market? That's kind of the bulk of what we do. The, the um, speaker coaching and executive training is something that we do quite a bit of, like helping people to become uh, more confident speakers. We do storytelling masters. As you said, we host a lot of the big conferences, so generally, you know, 1,000 or 1,500 people for three days in Singapore or, you know, the Melbourne Convention Centre. Um, but really at the heart of everything that we do, it's helping people to feel more confident in themselves and giving them some tools to connect more profoundly with the people around them. Yeah, so it's probably all focused on communication and engagement really, isn't it? Yeah, that working outside. And new for 2016 for us, Warwick, is um, a good working relationships keynote. So we're working together on a, on a comedy keynote um, that talks about working relationships coming, obviously, as we do from our angle of working and living together for 24-odd years. Yeah. But how that can be applied to your work relationships, how to get on better with those people who just push your buttons and drive you up the wall. Otherwise called how to stuff up a perfectly good relationship in seven easy steps. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, so what do you wish you'd known from the very beginning? Like what are, what are the couple of things that you're like, oh, God, if only we knew this, we would have shortcut our, our track to success? Uh, buy real estate. <laughs> yes. I, if we'd done that when we first met we'd be in a very different place right now yeah, yeah absolutely and for me it comes back to those coping skills so being able to interpret challenges difficult people obstacles terrible things happening to you in your life uh, through a slightly more positive lens and rather than taking four years to overcome something find a way to navigate it in much less time mm. You know, in my experience, people weigh themselves down yeah, with yeah. past mistakes and, and the things that have gone wrong in their lives, and I've been guilty of that myself. But I've found now that there's a way that you can kind of acknowledge what's gone wrong, you can accept it, then you can address it, and then it needs to be boxed up and put out of your sight. And if you can't do that yourself, get help to do it because it's important and you're worth more. That's right. Yeah, cool. Fantastic. Hey, look, thank you so much for your time today, guys. It's been absolute pleasure chatting with you. If people want to get in touch with you or find out more about you, apart from going to your IMDB pages, uh, how should they get in touch? They should definitely not go to our IMDB pages, but you can go to humoraustralia.com.au and don't forget we put the U in humour. Fantastic. Hey, guys, thank you so much for your time. Uh, look forward to uh, laughing along with you somewhere in the not-too-distant future. You've been listening to the Get More Success Show with Troy and Zara from Humor Australia. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. GetMoreSuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can get more success.